When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Move Prestige podcast. This time we're talking about Forrest Gump, 1994's, I don't know what you call this, feel-good dramedy, uh, uh, historical... Su- fake biopic. I, fake biopic. Yeah. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, uh, who, you know, he's done a lot of shit. Who Framed Roger oh, yeah. Rabbit. Break, Back to uh, the Future. Break, Back to the Future. I almost said Breaking Good, but no, Back to the Future. <laughs> Uh, screenplay by Eric Ross Roth is based on uh, the novel Forrest Gump by Winston Groom. Although if you've done any research on Forrest Gump, that novel uh, is a very different Forrest Gump than the one we see on screen. It's scored by Alan Silvestri, uh, an experienced composer who did Back to the Future, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Polar Express, several Marvel Cinematic Universes, including the main theme of the Avengers and Captain America. It stars Tom Hanks, who I don't think needs any introduction to the Bald Move audience. Uh, also, Robin Wright, who was the titular princess from The Princess Bride. Uh, she's in Unbreakable, House of Cards. Uh, Gary Sinise, who also is in A Vice and Men, Apollo 13, and The Green Mile with Tom Hanks. McKelty, or Michael T. Williams, rather, <laughs> who's probably most famous to the Bald Move audience as being Limehouse. Yeah, the benevolent ruler of Noble Hollow from season three of Justified Onwards. Uh, also, Sally Field as uh, Forrest Gump's mother is in Steel Magnolias, Mrs. Doubtfire, Soap Dish, etc. And introducing, I think, Haley Joel Osment. If not, it's certainly early work from him. Yeah, I, I guess he was cast from a Pizza Hut commercial. So I think this is his, <laughs> his first ever role. Um, but you know, he went on to later fame and the, the sixth sense not too long after this film, Jim, yeah. uh, I saw Forrest Gump when I was still in high school and I've talked about this being of one of like, you know, my baby's first, uh, prestige film. It's one of those PG 13 movies that, uh, I, I, I've always loved Tom Hanks. Um, and he was big in my kind of young film appreciation, and I kind of followed his career and was rarely let down. This is a divisive film amongst people who like film. There's like fifty percent hmm. of people think it's schmalty crap, sure. Um, and there's fifty percent of people that think this is just like one of the perfect films that's ever made. There's Oscar controversies about it, which, which I'm sure we'll get into. But what is your experience with Tom? Uh, not Tom Hanks with Forrest Gump. What do you think of the movie? Uh, so I saw this when I was in my mid teens, I would say, um, probably a a few years after it came out, it must've been on, no, I mean, it had to be very close to the time that it came out, but I would have only been 12 when this dropped. So yeah, maybe I was younger than I remember, but, uh, my friends and I all saw it and I know that because we have friends you and i had friends at the time who would quote that movie relentlessly love to quote that fucking movie and like don't get me wrong i like the movie i think i like the quote i like the movie less after hearing the quotes 150 times every day really? every time i hung out but you know that's 
that's just the mode I was in because uh, I did that with Princess Bride too. It was like uh, I've never seen Princess Bride, but I've been quoted the lines 500 times by every single one of my friends and I don't feel like I want to watch it now. Um, so, you know, if I have any annoyance with Forrest Gump, it's from that because I do think that this movie is. <laughs> I don't know, for a movie that's kind of about floating on the wind a little bit, it's expertly mm-hmm. crafted. Mm hmm. Is is that a thing that you would describe Forrest Gump as? I I feel like it's pulling all the strings, and I can fucking see it pulling all the strings. And yeah, yeah I, I don't mind. It's it's still like really really good. I, I think that's like half of the people that hate the movie are aware of the strings being pulled, and because it is, it's 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 playing. You know, short of getting Max Richter out to play his piano over some of these scenes, like that's about. Yeah, the the most emotionally manipulative. This movie is very emotionally manipulative, but I I mm-hmm. I, I I think that's art, you know. Like, uh, sure. I, I I found the, the emotion kind of genuine, you know. Like, uh, if you buy, I mean, that's the other thing. Is Forrest Gump's a hard character to buy, um, with his improbable run through American history, but that's yeah. movie magic, man. And right. I'm firmly in the camp that, like, I I kind of was worried because it's been probably ten years since I've seen Forrest Gump. I've changed a lot, and you know, there's a lot of people writing about how. Um, this movie is like fundamentally conservative and it's fundamentally anti kind of liberal. And, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff about how, what, it, what how terrible Jenny is and how like, this is just boomer <laughs> porn. And I was expecting to see, and I do see all of those things in this movie. I can see how people read in, but like at the end of the day, I really like Forrest Gump. And I was really pulling for him, and mm. this movie got genuine emotion out of me, even knowing everything was coming. Like, you know, not to spoil too much, but the stuff that goes down with Bubba, the stuff that goes down with Ginny, mm-hmm. um, it's really effective, I think. And I've changed a lot of how I feel about some of the characters. Like, I used to hate Ginny. I used to hate her with a passion. Uh, and I found I'm a lot more sympathetic with yeah. her when I was watching it nowadays. But God, what a fun movie. I watched this because mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep last night and I was my plan was to get up early and watch uh, Forrest Gump do my research. I found myself like just, you know, it's like one thirty in the morning wide awake. I'm like, I'm going to fucking pull a gym. And I was worried about, <laughs> man, am I going to be like, but like as I was, this movie is was wrapping up at 530 in the morning, me in tears, blubbering a mess. I'm like, mm. nah, there's seeing this movie at one uh, o'clock in the morning does not dampen my enthusiasm for it. No, I, in fact, I think I'm gonna like when we get to the Oscar debate. I want to say I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be pro Forrest Gump. I think Forrest Gump rightfully won the Oscars. Um, all things considered, and you wow. can make arguments, Which one? but there because holy well, shit, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars. That's the other thing is like there's one that's a little shakier, but like Forrest yeah. Gump versus Pulp Fiction, people can have their favorites, but like I don't think that one film is heads and shoulders above the other. I, I agree. I I would lean toward Pulp Fiction. I like it more. Certainly, uh, it's more savory. Forrest Gump is very sweet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't say the Forrest Gump like stole the Oscar from no. uh, out from under like the clear best winner. But right. Um, it's a little complicated with um, the Shawshank Redemption being in this conversation, because mm-hmm. I think that's where the real like if you want to say that a movie got robbed of Forrest Gump, maybe. Because I think everything that Forrest Gump is doing, trying to do, Shawshank probably does better in a more adult, satisfying fashion. Certainly, but there's shit. less of that schmaltz, right? Less of that 
whatever it is over the top of this. I, there's still a veneer over the top of Shawshank for sure. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That magical realism almost sort of thing. But yeah. this here is just, that's what this is. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I, I like it. I, and I think this movie succeeds largely based on the personal charm of Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Hanks is so good and that like it's it's speaking of magic tricks like 30 minutes in this film I can I kind of forget that it's Tom Hanks. He like just is Forrest Gump and he's always doing something. He's mm-hmm. got this real wiggly kind of energy and like he's doing just like there's so many scenes like like his college coach being beside himself to <laughs> Uh, he took a positive <laughs> role in the integration of schools and he's like and and, and forces in the background naked and the coaches look at him and he kind of does this little jaunty wave and turn and that's uh, hilarious i don't know where he came up with that shit and i guess some of the lines like hanks improvised and he really struggled with the accent but it's a it's a hell of a performance and it's hard it's hard to like empathize with Forrest, right mm-hmm. um and then to like can be not just be like, oh, this is all a bunch of bullshit. This is all a bunch of tall tales. But it all just I don't know. It's something I think it, I think it's Tom Hanks makes this script work. Yeah, I don't I don't know if um you would consider Forrest Gump somewhere on a spectrum or if he's just has a very low IQ uh, or what. But I, I watching this movie was comparing him with like Dustin Hoffman's performance in Rain Man mm. and Dustin Hoffman definitely it obviously is playing an autistic character, but uh, th- there are a lot of similarities, right? There's like right. A, a certain way that Tom Hanks moves in this movie that makes you feel like it, it, the thing about this movie is I, I don't want the movie to ever make fun of Forrest for mm-hmm. his intelligence or lack thereof. And it, it does at times like the, his football coach is a good example, right? Like boy, that boy is, uh, is, the stupidest of a idiot I've ever seen, but boy, can he run? Yeah, that that is them making fun of him, but also he's so competent, he's so capable um, that you never feel bad for Forrest in those moments, right? You feel almost like you people don't understand what this person is capable of. You feel like these people are the stupid ones because they don't see Forrest, right? Yeah, you can't one hundred percent. And the fact that like his mother from an early age built that kind of wall around him to where like, you know, other people, like you're going to, a lot of people want to talk about you, but like, don't listen to them. You know, stupid is a stupid does. Like mm-hmm. I really, I, I don't like Sally Fields in a lot of stuff, but I really thought, and uh, that, that she kills it as, as his mother and some of the formative experiences he has with, with Jenny. And then the fact that like, that's something else about force becomes his character. Like anyone that treats him with any kind of respect or normalcy, he just has, they have their lifelong, loyalty for better or worse yeah you know uh baba jenny lieutenant dan uh his mother and um i i, I don't know like i said uh force gump is an essentially just really good guy um and he is it is it is weird because you're right it's like um you know rain man um is institutionalized you know he he probably mm-hmm. maybe i don't know maybe we, we talked about that like there's a lot of work that he could maybe have some kind of more independence than, than he does, but like, but Forrest yeah. Gump is like the opposite. He's right where like clearly he's impaired, but 
you know, I mean, not to go through the whole Tropic Thunder speech, but the man's a war hero. He's a ping pong champion. Yeah. Uh, he he started a successful company like he's he's able to function and, and navigate in, in, in the real world. Um, but that's like I said, where we, we uh, I, I think we need to describe what this movie is, because I imagine a lot of people, um, you know, we're, we're talking with the millennials and, and the Zoomers maybe not have seen this movie. And I don't know what yeah. you think of it. I don't you think about because these were these were these were films made for our parents and and their sensibilities and it might be a little bit too much but uh, I like the film. This film is about Forrest Gump. He it it, it starts from his early days as a kid. Uh, he's got several things. Uh, he's got some kind of leg disability that makes him not be able to walk correctly. He's got very limited uh, IQ. Uh, but his mother wants only the best for him, demands that he has a quality education. Um, and that, those foundations lead him on an improbable series of events, uh, making him a college football star, uh, a war hero, uh, owner operator of a company, uh, w- weaving in and out of U.S. history with presidents uh, from the like we essentially take him from the 50s to the late 80s, early 90s. Um and throughout the whole film is this love line between Forrest and his childhood friend, Ginny. And, you know, that's there's a lot. I think a lot of people are hating this film because they hate the character Ginny, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. It's about this man's life and the improbable. Him inheriting the American dream. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> all told like the framing device here is he's sitting on a bus stop telling strangers about his life story essentially. Right. And they, they kind of shuffle in one at a time and sort of catch pieces of this story as they wait for their bus and then leave. And that to me, like the characters I felt worst for in this movie were those bus stop people. <laughs> like I didn't feel bad for Forrest. I felt bad for them because he is just talking a mile a minute about his shrimping and his, uh, ping pong and Jenny and it, I, every time somebody is like sitting there a, a new person right because they'll occasionally cut back to this bench every time there's a new person sitting there and like boy they have gotten an earful just this whole well, time yeah and you can then there's, there's like other a huge spectrum of human reactions like yeah um, impatience and annoyance um, incredulous incredulousness um, but then some people that actually take the time to listen to a story come move and I think that's kind of um, mm-hmm. an interesting surrogate for the audience because I think that's exactly how a lot of people feel like this is a waste of time it's claptrap it's bullshit versus this is one of the most life affirming movies we've ever seen so sure. I, I think it's worth it's it's one of it's very it's it's one of the most divisive great movies I can think of mm-hmm. um, just in terms of people like outright denying its greatness and its place in cinematic history. Um, but I think it's I think it's really good. It had a really um, had really outstanding special effects for its day. In fact, this I, I, this <laughs> is a trivia piece I saw the yeah. only Oscar winning film to also get an Oscar for its special effects. Is that true? Maybe at the time, because like that can't be true of like Lord of the Rings. But I think it was the first, right. the first movie that got, um, you know, and you, you always think of that as science and science fiction fantasy. But they use this to insert the groundbreaking technique in this movie is two things. Number one, they erased Gary Sinise's legs, mm-hmm. and that effect is fucking rock solid. And I saw the 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 director the um the behind the scenes of that on an old DVD. Uh, like all the things they did, the blue socks, the fact that they cut out parts of the boat when he was swimming. 
So the, mm-hmm. the, the, they built rigs to make his like center of gravity be correct and all that. They built a fancy wheelchair that hit his legs. That shit really holds up. The other thing is they rotoscoped Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks' Forrest Gump, into a bunch of real life historical footage. Yeah. Of, you know, President Kennedy, Johnson. Um, and a lot of people that, that there's a lot of notice for that. Um, that effect doesn't hold up as well. I agree. Yeah, I, that I couldn't shocking. help but notice a, a, a like the voice, the the dialogue that they put in there doesn't match up very well to the lip movement uh, that you see. And also, I just think like the compositing isn't perfect, which is wild because I remember seeing this as a as a relative child, as a 17 year old and thinking, my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. How did they do that? And now I look at like especially Kennedy is like jib jab. That old YouTube kind of right. like we're just static pictures of face and there's the, the lips kind of like South Park Canadian style. Like it's borderline that. Yeah, he was Kennedy was the worst done. But um, yeah, it, it mostly still works. I, I don't want to say it's terrible. The thing that I think is shocking because we, you know, haven't we're talking about awards and stuff that it won and it did win for effects. Um, best visual effects, which to me is shocking because that year. The mask was in the running. And I think, look, say what you want about the movie, The Mask, but I think mm-hmm. the effects work in that. They do some very good stylized effects. That, that movie lives and dies on its effects in a lot of ways. And Jim Carrey being funny, obviously. It, it's almost Roger Rabbit-esque in how much yeah. they're doing the blending between live action and animation. Right, but it's all like 3D computer work, right? This uh-huh. stuff is pretty new in 1994. I mean, Jurassic Park was using it, stuff like that, but not a ton of things had done it super well in in a way that was like so stylized that you almost forgot that you were watching computer effects, you know? Right. Um, and Forrest Gump, you know, I, it was using old school kind of techniques. I mean, rotoscoping had been done in fucking star Wars 20 plus years ago. Right. 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 Or, or almost 20 years ago. So like, I don't know. I don't know. That's like the award that it won that I have the biggest, complaints about shaky shaky special effects award yeah but it was nominated for so many awards the academy fucking loved this movie it it was nominated for 13 awards it won six of them including best picture uh i'm i i can't say like a lot of these weren't earned i think most of them were it's the the effects one is surprising to me Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think that the, the thing is, is, this was a monster. It made like seven hundred million dollars worldwide. And mm-hmm. this was like it. It hit the boomer generation right at the time where they were becoming like adults and having kids and being politicians themselves. And they were like, you know, worrying about what it meant to sell out and, you know, what their values meant. And this is just a um, like I, there's a lot of press written about like how Forrest Gump's kind of dimness is a little bit helps the not not exactly whitewashing of U.S. history, but the nostalgic where, you know, you go back to uh, Forrest Gump's childhood and there and he's living in deep south Alabama. He's named after a Confederate soldier who (laughs) formed the KKK. Yeah. But Forrest is so oblivious to all this that like the first time he deals with racism is when they're trying to integrate Alabama. Like there is no like I I saw his articles like try to find a whites only sign in Greenbow, Alabama. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find it um, because again, that then it's this, the way that they cast the sixties and seventies is like a time of like turmoil and confusion instead of like, 
in history, rightfully so. That was, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy shit that needed to stop happening in our country, both domestically and abroad. And, and this was like a much needed course correction. It's kind of weird in 94 to still pick. It's like, oh, you know, uh, and, you know, but I yeah, I, it's it's that's how you feel about, I guess, what what baggage you're taking into the film. Mm-hmm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do we want to talk about, because there is some of the all-time great alternative casting. Uh, oh, I don't I know saw. about this. Okay. The original choice to play Forrest Gump, John Travolta. <laughs> what, he passed for Pulp Fiction? <laughs> he probably passed for, like, fucking, what's that, uh, Michael, where he plays the angel, or what's the one where he, Phenomenon. Uh, I don't know what, what he was doing. I mean, he passed it for Pulp Fiction, so, like, hard mm-hmm. to say that uh, that was a bad career move for him. But, like, I can't see it. I can't <laughs> He's see. got a big, stupid face, but not in the same way. <laughs> Right. No, I'm, I'm seeing like welcome back Cotter kind of stupid idiot. And I don't think it works huh. as well as the Greenbow Ala Greenbow Alabama type of uh, get that guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Second choice. Oof. I don't know, man. He it, look, I'm not going to say Tom Hanks isn't funny because I know he's done a lot of comedy, but very funny, man. Just seeing Bill Murray on screen starts to make me chuckle. I don't know if I could have gotten through this movie taking him as seriously. Plus, there's always a little bit of cynicism. Yeah. And the like, innocence, it just doesn't come through in his face. Yeah. And then find the same kind of same vein, Chevy Chase. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and finally, Sean Penn was in the list before. Uh, Forrest Gump. Of course, he he hmm. went tried tried to recapture that Oscar gold with uh, going full R word. And what was it? The I am Sam. I forget what that uh, that film was. Um, yeah, he took a couple runs. He did Milk too, which I think was another Oscar yeah. attempt. Yeah, he actually get, get, got somewhere with that. Did he? Do you okay. do you think? Um, I, I think Sean Penn out of all this list could have probably done an interesting Forrest Gump. Yeah, uh, compared to the other two, certainly he's. Uh, second choice. Uh, let's go talk about directors. First choice for the studio for directing Terry Gilliam. No, what? Yeah, right. Time Bandits, uh, Munchausen, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fear and Loathing. Fuck I know. Don't again. There's the cynicism like there's I but, but I, I don't know because I, I guess the original book was more of that much. What's what you know, Forrest Gump had more of an edge. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I can't imagine Terry Gilliam version of, of Forrest Gump. And then Barry Sonnefield um, mm. was also attached, but ended up uh, uh, directing Adam's Family Values, which again, you're not exactly missed up. Um, sure. David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, Dave Chappelle, all were gentlemen considered before Michael T. Williams to play uh, Bubba. Ice Cube passed because he didn't want to play an idiot. Chappelle thought the movie would bomb. 
I would love to Chappelle. see. I would love to see an alternate oh. history of Dave Chappelle as Bubba. But like Mike Michael T kills it. Yeah, he does. It's 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 almost as iconic as Forrest in a lot of ways. I know they're similar characters, and but. it's very similar transformational because you watch that. And then you see his later work in like Con Air, like I said, season three of Justified. They're they're not the same person, man. It's wild. Well, I was gonna say, uh, just speaking of Con Air, Dave Chappelle's in that, and he plays, you know, kind of Dave Chappelle in that. Right, right. I don't know that um, I see him as Bubba, but okay. And final alternate casting for Jenny: uh, Jodie Foster, Nicole Kidman, and Demi Moore, all considered before Robin Robin Wright. Um, I think Jodie Foster would have been a really yeah. good Jenny. The other two, I'm not sure about. I think Demi Moore, maybe, maybe. She's a good actor for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nicole Kidman is too. It's just I just don't see her as, as Jenny. I no, know. I don't see it either. But um, you know, I didn't know who Robin Wright was at this time because I had not seen Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. So. I didn't realize it was I had seen Princess Bride and I had no idea that she because she is a lot different in this role. Yeah, she's a lot harder, um, more, you know, rough spun and world weary. Um, I like I said, I did not associate. So like I found out years later that that it was Princess Buttercup. I'm like, Whoa. I, mm-hmm. you know what? It's I think when I saw Unbreakable because she's also Bruce Willis's wife and I happened to notice that she was princess wow. and I'm like and then then they're like this whole like oh my god she was in Forrest Gump too it like blew my fucking mind mm-hmm. um but uh what what do you want to what do you want to talk about what what are some I things know, you want to steer this talking about Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump and how good he is and perfect for that role do you want to talk about Robin Wright I know you said that a lot of people don't like her in this movie as Jenny. Don't like Jenny. Um, I thought I I understood Jenny. I got Jenny. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, she is a character who is trying to figure out a life that has been very rough and she doesn't have anyone there for her like Forrest did to point her in the right direction. And so she is just going off ping-ponging all over the place or pinballing all over the place trying to figure something out yeah and i think you know that's a struggle that a lot of people feel as even nowadays certainly Mm -hmm. um and where she ultimately lands i thought was well (laughs) where she ultimately lands is in an early grave which Mm -hmm. sucks um but before that you know she seems to have figured her shit out got it together and and carved out a place in life for herself yeah. And I appreciated that. I liked that a lot. I did too. I think that like, I remember watching this as a kid and thinking that Jenny's arc was essentially what happens to quote unquote worldly people. Like, well, that's it. You know, start doing <laughs> sex and drugs and, and then it all just you, goes to hell. Yeah. And then you get, cause that's kind of like how the, the, our, our religion painted it. Like, you know, you're just essentially playing AIDS and heroin, Russian roulette. The second you put right. down the Bible and, uh, uh, you know, watching it as a 44 year, almost 45 year old, I was a different experience because I know like um, I think a lot of young guys watch Forrest Gump and they see Ginny as like their ultimate nightmare of like uh, that you're permanently friend zone and she never takes you seriously, but she's always going to take advantage of you when she needs some stability and support. And then uh, insult of insult, she's going to drop a kid on your doorstep right before she punches out on the planet. And like, I can see how that's kind of horrifying, but I don't think people consider it from mm. Ginny's standpoint. Number right. one, horrible childhood. Yeah. Holy shit. Like only the protective um, 
blanket of Forrest Gump's ignorance really, and that's uh, some uh, uh, that's very effective how they use Forrest Gump's naivete to kind of like soften some of that stuff. Like the audience mm-hmm. gets like what horrible shit that that Jenny's going through, but the movie doesn't have to come out right and say it. And I think that's also why people get mad about the way it handles some things like racism and civil rights stuff, because that same kind of Mm -hmm. like cottony gauze of his limited grasp is kind of smooths over that stuff too. But I also think that like, yeah, if you got the payload of what's going on to Jenny, you should also get the payload of what's going on, you know, fucking governor Wallace and all that shit. But yeah, she's, she's got a terrible childhood with no one to look out for her. Mm -hmm. Um, and she is a fully aware adult going into one of the most tumultuous times in American history. And she's on the right fucking stand of most things. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. she gets mixed up with some drugs and some other stuff. But yeah, I, and also like from Jenny's perspective, even if she loved Forrest, what does it look like to have a re- like, I, I think there's a lot of the where she kind of doesn't know what the morality and ethics of engaging in a relationship with a man like this, you know, is she taking advantage of him. Can yeah. does he know? Like she says, force, you don't even know what love is. And that's one of the more effective through lines of the movie. Him, you know, I'm not a very smart man, Jenny, but I do know what love is like <laughs> that works because I think both of the characters at that point realize the truth of the words. But like up in that point, you know, uh, what is Forrest to Jenny? Like she was a stand up friend to him all throughout school had very different lives. He went to Vietnam. She went to protest it. Like, I don't know. I felt, I felt Jenny a lot more sympathetic. And at the end, I thought it's an act of love to put Forrest together with his boy because Forrest mm-hmm. is about to be truly alone in the world. Yeah. Um, with no one to care for, no one to love. And we know how he gets like that in the movies. He might run for three or four years. Well, now he's got a, a child to, to love and he's going to take care of. And um, I don't know. I felt I felt a lot sweeter. Like, it didn't feel like she's casting him a burden. I mean, what the fuck? He's a gazillionaire. Right. He's got infinite resources. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't see it as like, you know, oh, fucking Ginny is dropping her AIDS baby off on Forrest Gump's door, uh, doorstep. So I. Like I said, I, I see why people see that character and think she's terrible, but like I didn't get it when I was watching this 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 version. I do think it helps that they have Jenny and Forrest become friends when they're very young, because there's oh, none 100%. of the potential exploitative side of that. Like if if for instance, you know, he had become a shrimp boat captain and and you know, created an empire and invested in Apple stock. And then here comes this woman, Jenny, who's all messed up, uh, can't get her shit together. And she just lives in with him for two years. Right. That's exploitative. Yeah. Whereas they grew up together. She's been his rock. He's been hers in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels like much more of a two way street. And, and they do some direct fucking comparisons here, right? You can see that they're both, uh, children of single parents her mm-hmm. her dad is just an awful human being sexually abuses her mm-hmm. he's the worst his um, mother died when she was five so there's nothing to kind of shield her from that right whereas Forrest has the uh, a mirrored experience where he's also the the child of a single parent but it's his mother and she is extremely supportive right she's giving him as much she she's you know doing things to degrade herself essentially Mm-hmm. sleeping with fucking Bernard from Lost, the principal in this <laughs> school. 
uh, right. to, to give him the best life that she can. And those two experiences are, are similar, but so different. And I think the movie does a really good job of contrasting those two things and how they've been set off in different directions on their life path by the childhood that they had. Yeah. And, and like, despite their own, um, you know, not, not necessarily flaws, but like their own disadvantages. Yeah, no, Ginny is like the anti-Gump. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he goes to college and gets a full earned scholarship because he's got this genetic gift. She goes to college, clearly has trouble, you know, paying for her tuition. She does a nude scene for Playboy for probably money, gets drummed out of her conservative Which school because is- of that. So it's like Forrest is always kind of like falling upwards and like Ginny is always kind of falling downward. She's trying to do things again. She's she's involved in the right side of history of these things like she's protesting the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's not working out. And I, I guess I think that's one of the big critiques of the movie that like Forrest Gump, who is this ignorant guy who just follows orders and gets rewarded and then Ginny, who's the one that kicks against the system and is bucking the system and always gets punished mm-hmm. and Forrest gets the, the American dream and Ginny gets an early grave. Like from a morality, you got like a goofus and gallant situation. Uh, and I, I think that I think it's unintentional, but it's an unfortunate re- reality of the, like, if you just do a plain reading of this film, it does seem to condemn Ginny and, uh, and completely uh, elevate Gump. Like, that's the thing you do. You just you just you, you fit in like a cog into the system. You, you play your role and you'll get rewarded. Well, the hilarious thing is bullshit the, that the women in this film are treated. So poorly too. like Jenny, you know, you mentioned the Playboy thing where she does a spread for Playboy and gets drummed out of her college for it. Uh, right. And and, you know, her prospects are not great after that. Um, you look at what forest mom does and the benefit that comes from that doesn't go to her like she's sleeping with with the principals and she's having you know this rotating cast of characters in and out of her house just trying to make it doing the Mm -hmm. same shit that jenny's doing right Mm -hmm. Uh, except sleeping with people not even just showing her body she's like uh you know selling her body um Mm -hmm. And then Forrest gets all the benefits of that. The boy gets all the benefits of that. Right. And it sends him down a life path that Jenny doesn't have the opportunity for. Yeah. Um, If his mom took a moral stance about selling her body, uh, then Forrest Gump grows up in a probably institution. And where does he get from there? Yeah. But Jenny gets punished for that. Forrest doesn't. Right. Exactly. Even though he's yeah, I mean, that's a a solid point that Forrest Gump's mother is essentially Jenny. Yeah. Except for she didn't get either. I, I'm not sure. I, I saw some says it's hepatitis C or some said it's AIDS, but like Cancer. she didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, for Jenny. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So like she's like, you know, imagine. So like, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought that um, I, I think you're 100 percent that like there is that element of, of the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is Jenny's trying so hard to like find that path of you know trying to be artistically like she wants to be an artist she wants to do this she doesn't want to strip but she can find a strip club that'll let her play music or her her folk music if she is naked doing it but even that's not a, like it's she's trying to like she doesn't it's not like jenny's like woohoo i'm going to jump in this life um and the other thing is like people that like feel like that jenny gets off easy like what the <laughs> fuck what would look me? like punishing jenny Oh right. my God! It's just a sequence of degradation and 
and deprivation and she ends up dying after she finally gets together like other than crucifying her <laughs> uh i don't know what else the movie could do to punish her you know Man, that might she be pays a case for her sins she absolutely does i think this is a case of the movie going overboard to not to to, to kind of gloss over all these horrible details because yeah. like if you look at the two women who are important in forest life they both die prematurely of diseases mm-hmm. right his mother dies mm-hmm. of cancer jenny dies of either aids or hepatitis c depending on it. whether you want to believe the gump and company sequel novel to this thing mm-hmm. um but they don't show the decline right all they do is they say hey forest i'm sick they mm-hmm. lay in bed for five minutes and then they're dead and so mm-hmm. you don't see like the punishment the punishment is months of agony and torture while they're slowly decaying into their grave, right? And well, Forrest yeah. is sitting bedside feeding her toast that she can't fucking eat because she's too sick to her stomach and she's yeah. too weak to lift the fucking teacup. Like, yeah. they don't show you that part of it. This is the glossiness of this movie, the schmaltz of this movie that, that covers all of the true realities that you would see in a situation like that. But even even yeah, you're 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 right. But what they do show her almost killing herself after a drug binge, her being physically assaulted by the, her fellow protesters and her the the men in her life, the, her getting you know drinks thrown in her face and called a whore at her job. Like yeah, I was like yeah. Would you, even without showing her dying of extended age montage, it's pretty rough. They treat they treat, treat Jenny pretty rough. Yeah, I mean I agree. She's she's clearly tortured. Um, but that I understand. I get it. You know, you grow up the way Jenny grew up and you're going to be a little bit tortured. Um, I thought the other thing I always, when I'm, when I'm, you know, now that I'm living in the 2020s, um, and I see how kind of divided and tumultuous the times are. And then I look at anything that's in the sixties and seventies. The thing that drops out is like, uh, we're not at the assassination of political figure stage. <laughs> I don't True. know if this because between the NSA and the FBI and the Secret Service, they're just really fucking good at stopping that shit. Or we're we're just not quite as um, we're not just not at that stage yet. But like, I do take a little comfort that like we haven't had presidential candidate ass- and got assassinated and and things like there was a, a couple of attempts, mm-hmm. some ham fisted attempts that went down in the last four or five years. But like. That's the one thing that jumps out is like there was blood in the streets, um, you know, not just like riots and property dams like we, we saw, but like people getting killed and assassinated. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah. I wonder if we're just not there yet or we're just a little bit more chill or the the authorities are just better at clamping down on that. But like, my God, that's the other thing is like how many people died in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. um, on kind of an, an attempted assassination on the kind of both sides of these like. A lot of civil rights leaders, but George Wallace, someone tried to kill him. Um, so I thought that was uh, interesting. And when I'm comparing the, the political times, uh, the other like schmaltzy thing about this movie is it's PG-13. Um, mm. And there are moments where you really notice that it's PG-13, like the protest in D.C. Uh, over the war. Th- there's mm. a moment where like the script needs to drop two f-bombs but yeah. the pg-13 ratings is uh, 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 you gotta only you can only say the magic word once and so they bleep they have the microphone like g- give out, feedback yeah. uh-huh. right at the moment that he says fuck and then they the do drop the f-bomb 
nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but but then, they, yeah, the, the moments later, they do drop their only uh, the legally allowed F-bomb in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, I don't know. It'd been it'd be weird to see a, uh, like a Pulp Fiction style F-bomb fest for a skump because it's just not that type of movie. Oh, sure. Uh, it's unfortunate they couldn't just, yeah, do, do the, the stuff where it needed to happen. But um, I don't know. There's I mean, just don't write a restraint there. Don't write a scene where Forrest talks about he's always saying the F by the F word. Yeah. Over, he loves to say, <laughs> yeah, don't put that scene in there or write or don't put that dialogue in there and you're fine. You don't need to use the F word. But um, speaking of special effects, this movie has a fairly horrific and very competently executed battle scene. That kind of comes out of nowhere. Oh yeah! Like yeah. I forget, I always forget about like how intense this shit is. And I, I and in doing some research, it's been consistently praised by Vietnam vets as like that's exactly how it was. Like you never see the enemy. It's just all of a sudden bullets and shit start happening, and it's you know you can't see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest's uh, um, heroics. Um, I thought that stuff was all very compelling, and the fact that like you know Forrest isn't doing this for glory or fame or even for anything he's literally doing it for bubba mm-hmm. and things he, he gets a medal of honor because other wounded vets keep keep interrupting his quest to save bubba um but also like that's i remember sitting here watching this movie and the movie was kind of like you know had some pathos and there is some a lot of funny moments but the you know when you get to the like bubba dying in forrest's arms that's a really fucking moment yeah. um and uh, it affects the person he's he's telling it to in the uh, park bench. But like last night at three o'clock in the morning, I was as the first part in the movie where I started shedding tears. Um, mm. And I don't know, because it's also like it's even more sad because Gump has got like a limited ability to express it. Like, I felt like yeah. I don't know, like it's something more poignant to his like his. Uh, and that's all I got to say about that. Whenever there's something too painful, mm. I, that's that's almost better than him just losing his shit like an Academy Award uh actor he is which he does later he gets there with jenny uh yeah. over her grave but like god what what a fucking sequence that kind of has no this movie has no business pulling this sequence off as well as it does i guess yeah what I'm saying. and that's got to be part of why it won the effect stuff too because there are a couple of like bombing scenes that are really good um, i don't think they actually shot napalm rockets at tom hanks ass <laughs> that he narrowly avoided but holy fuck it looks like he does yeah that scene of him running from the nape coming at him and they, they filmed this shit in South Carolina. They planted like 50 wow. palm trees in a valley in South Carolina. It's Viet fucking. And I would, I would, I thought I'm like, wow, this place actually went to like Laos or Cambodia or Vietnam. Cause it, it looks really, really mm-hmm. legit. The camp scene where you're meeting Lieutenant Dan for the first time. And there's like all those choppers in the background. Like that shit looks like apocalypse now. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of this Forrest Gump movie. Before we move on from the the Vietnam era, um, I did not know this until I researched the film, but apparently Tom Hanks, they scripted the lines that he said when uh, the military guy like unplugged the PA and okay. it, like, you know, he said something that that's the great thing about the movie. Like Forrest Gump's going to say something profound and moving about Vietnam and none of us can hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see this? What, what Tom Hanks said the actual lines were? No, I'm super curious. It's sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. <laughs> sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. 
That's all I have to say about that. Wow. That's what that's what he said. He said all it right. all, man. I mean for Gump, that's that's good. That's good. That's it's true. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that something that me and Cecily quote all the time is Jenny's boyfriend at the protest. This it's just this like a lot of times when we're apologizing for snapping at each other, we'll start it like that. It's just it's just this this war. That lying son of a bitch Johnson. Uh <laughs> because I also I also really love Forrest Gump's fighting style. <laughs> he just launches in with both both fists pistoning. Like every uh-huh. single time he just he just just flies at him. He starts he starts just like just just like pistoning punches at the guy. And I yeah. really like this is my favorite fight sequence because number one, this guy has it coming. This guy's mm-hmm. a, a fucking blowhard. He lays hands on Ginny. That's not cool. But yeah. I love how like the Black Panther dude, like the like Panthers are going for the separate him, and he's like, no, 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 no. Let Whitey fight it out. <laughs> they're all like there's like kind of ring just watching these two white guys beat the piss out of each other at this at black panthers headquarters i love it i love it can i hit you with a theory for what i think the actual framework of this movie is okay i think that this movie is all about shoes I, from from the very opening scene where four is like you could tell uh, looking at somebody's shoes then if you track Forrest's journey mm-hmm. through his life, the, every, I would say almost every, if not every single phase of his life is marked by some distinctive type of shoe from cleats. Well, from starting with his magic legs, right? As a child having these uh-huh. leg braces to cleats when he's a football star to uh-huh. army boots when he's in the military or combat boots when he's in the military. Mm hmm slippers when he's in the military hospital Hmm. i I would say the only one i can't think for sure of a type of shoe is like ping pong shoes i don't Hmm. think there are like specific ping pong trainers or some he fought in his uh gi issued slippers hospital slippers he might have he he ponged but Uh, then you got the running shoes later on right i think so the boat shoes you probably have no shoes or or boat shoes i don't know (laughs) I forgot about that because like I was thinking like when you're uh, this theory is like there's a lot of like kind of meet the goddess um, hero archetype energy because like yeah. these shoes are often given to him by uh, a, a woman, an important woman figure like his mom gives him the magic shoes. Jenny gives him the uh, Nikes that he runs across the country. In fact, mm-hmm. that's the thing I noticed. Like I, I always notice new things when I watch this movie. But like when they open up, he's wearing those fucking Nikes. Yes. Those natty ass mud. worn out thread burn that, that Jenny gave him to go meet Jenny. Yeah. Uh, because in his mind, that's like not that these shoes are wildly inappropriate for me to wear. But like that's something that Jenny gave me. And I want mm-hmm. I want her to know that uh, I love her and think she's important. Yeah. It's um, a touchstone for him. I. No, I like it. It's 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 got a nice through line. And when you consider like how much you can tell about a person from their shoes, which is the line he says at the beginning and the idea of like walking a mile in someone else's shoes, that mm. whole uh, chestnut. Yeah, you, you can sort of start to piece together like what you're supposed to get out of Forrest Gump, how you're supposed to understand Forrest um, mm-hmm. and put yourself in his shoes figuratively. And then I, I think it's also interesting that Lieutenant Dan, when we first meet him on the beach there in the camp, he's telling Forrest, like, here's the number one thing you got to know about in the military and being out in this jungle. Take care of your feet. Wear these specific socks. Don't let them get wet. Mm-hmm. And then he's all concerned about the socks, right? But then he loses his fucking legs. 
Ah. He didn't care enough about the shoes. He was all about the socks, loses his mm. legs, come back and get magic legs, just like Forrest had when he was younger. I, I, I don't know what it's saying exactly, but there's You're, some you know, through line with shoes in this movie. I was about to say this is Dead Man's Brew, but somewhere about two or three minutes ago, I think you talked me into it because you're right. There's something there something about him being concerned about this thing, eating the legs off of GIs and then it does. And then he gets the magic legs and that allows him to unlock happiness and or free him from the destiny he thought he was on. Yeah, Cause there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of like destiny versus going right. with the flow. That's and the like, actual theme of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and like Tom Hanks synthesizes at the end, he's like, you know, I know who's right. Mama or Lieutenant Dan, whether we follow this destiny, whether we're like a feather floating on the breeze. And, and I it's think it's both bookended by that feather, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is like, if you are hell bent on doing some preconceived destiny, like, cause that's what like Lieutenant Dan was, was doing that. Like, yeah. you know, there's this great montage of all of his father's dying and all the wars of America. <laughs> like, I love those little montages, like Bubba's mother's, <laughs> And Lieutenant the Lieutenant Dan's, Dan's. Face. Gary Sinise's face when he's doing F- that death montage, just dead. like yeah, the, the way it's he's really laying funny. there dead with his eyes bulged out, it's great. It's really fun and just flopping like he uh-huh. just got shot through the heart and is dead, dying in his ditch in <laughs> Verdun or whatever. Um, but like until he was physically unable to carry out that destiny, then he started going with the flow and like, I guess I'll do this damn shrimp boat and I'll do this. And Mm -hmm. he led to himself having a pretty, there is something that like you can't surrender to fate or destiny, but also it has its place to play. And I I thought it's, it's it's great symbolism because like the feathers soaring and it's going and it lands on some guy's shoulder, but he brushes it off and it go and it finally lands at forest. And he's the one that picks it up and does something with it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's a, that's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's all like, you know, movie, uh, cinematic storytelling 101, but I think that stuff really works because it is both. It does. Like you have to have a plan, but also you have to be prepared to take take life's uh, when a feather is in front of you. You got to grab it and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that strikes me about that those early scenes, um, or the, specifically that opening scene where the feather lands on him and puts it in his book and he starts talking on the park bench, the the suit he's wearing. I don't know how they made such an ugly, ill-fitting suit so iconic. Because mm-hmm. when I see like a light cream color suit now mm-hmm. of this style, I think of Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. They 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 made something I didn't notice. They, they pointed I, one of the articles I read pointed this out that like every time they do a time jump, they always center it on Tom Hanks wearing kind of like some kind of cream colored outfit with that checkered blue periwinkle shirt. Like oh. when he's a little boy, when he goes to co- like uh, when he's uh, okay. uh, goes to high school bat- football, when he goes every single time they recenter him in that outfit, and then they add a coat to it. That, I thought that was kind of a neat, but you're right, it is iconic, mm-hmm. and it's only something like Forrest Gump can pull off. Yeah, the ice cream suit with the periwinkle checker and the hideous worn out Nikes. Yeah, with those um, tu- like tube socks, I sports socks. I don't know what he's wearing in the bad. Speaking, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Gary Sinise because, like, he is okay. doing such a great performance in this. You know, he got an Oscar nomination, but mm-hmm. it's not just like the bulging, but like, there's a couple of like his line readings where, like, he's up legless in the the crow's nest, and he's like, "That's where we'll find shrimp, my boy!" Ha ha! <laughs> and he, there's a lot of things where, like, I think would come across as shitty, 
when he's kind of like making fun of Forrest or he's trying to joke with Forrest and Forrest is too dumb to get the joke. So he has to explain it. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line he's walking between being mean to Forrest and because I honestly, I we talked about this before. We had a Forrest Gump in our friend circle. Yeah, yeah. And it's always a like it was. It was sometimes hard to walk the line between valuing their friendship and their humanity, and also just how fucking annoying they could be with with their with their handicaps. Um, Especially as a, I, a young man, as a yeah, kid. we were teenagers dealing with this, you know. Um, but I thought that like it is a deft touch that he had mm-hmm. with those lines, like like on the dock where he you know, is uh, talking about getting his sea legs and Forrest Gump's like, well, you don't got it. And he's like, I know, idiot. but just like he's there's a and I think heart part of it is like when he's at his low point and he he sticks up for Forrest, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. And there's part a, of it I, is the was, fact that you understand his anger, right? You understand yeah. like that they make Lieutenant Dan a very sympathetic character in his own right uh, and sympathetic in his anger. And I think you understand that it's not directed at Forrest. It's directed at the universe. It's directed yes, at his God. missed destiny. Yeah. God is <laughs> sometimes very literally directed uh-huh. at God. Uh, that, that scene of this storm <laughs> so and cursing God, it's, it's, and then him, yeah, swimming at the, in the calm. Uh, what a great scene. Yeah. So you don't feel like he's, he's punching it Forrest. He's punching it everything else. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the um, that I just marveled at how what a, a line between him being kind of an antagonist to Forrest Gump and mm-hmm. to being genuine friends and admiration and um, all that kind of stuff. Plus, it's one of the cooler, like triumphant beats, like that they're out in this crazy storm and they're the only fishing boat left. They never found shrimp. And then like after that, shrimping was easy. And there's this like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shrimp everywhere this montage of them shrimping and it's oh, uh, the line I don't know if this song was out at the time it probably wasn't but there's a scene where he's like trying to catch shrimp and he can't catch shrimp and he says Bubba taught me everything he knows about shrimping but you know what I found out and I'm mm. thinking alright please please let him say shrimping ain't easy <laughs> and he comes so close. He says shrimping is tough. Oh man, if you said shrimp, that would that would have been hilarious. Right. I also noticed that for the first time Bubba is going around in Vietnam with a a, a helmet. You know, because all the GIs had like different shit uh, um, written on it and grease paint or whatever. His uh-huh. says, "I'd rather be shrimping." <laughs> <laughs> He's crawling through the jungles of Vietnam with a rifle, getting shot at by Charlie, and he, he'd just rather be shrimping, man. Oh, boy. I bet his car had a bumper sticker on it that said that, too. I loved everything about I talk about this in a, this other is cars one of the reasons boat. I started mm-hmm. thinking about this movie, because I for whatever reason, I, I started watching clips of Forrest Gump and everything about him being in the army, the drill sergeant screaming in his face and saying he's a genius and like how oblivious both him and Bubba like the Bubba is like, you know, like the drill sergeant come in screaming and like interrupt his shrimp scampy speech. And then as soon as he leaves off, it's like, well, anyway, you can also make gum. I just I mm-hmm. love those two characters um, and how kind of perfect they are for each other. And also like yeah. the, the bus scene uh, reprise of the Ginny thing where he's like, you know, people are like, now nah, you can't sit by me. You can't do this. And the one guy. Um, yeah, I, this I, movie is super cute in that way. Right. The coincidences, the the uh, repeated scenarios. Yes. The, 
the ways that he gets into situations and the way they connect the dots on his journey. It's very, very cute. And in some places, it's a little too cute for my taste. Uh, only a couple. That they're, like, give me an example. I'm the see, the number one thing that I think is too cute in this movie is him on the set of this talk show with John Lennon. And he's asking him, what's it like over in China? And people are like, uh, and he says, well, th- th- nobody got nothing. And John's is like, no possessions. And then, don't believe it, you know, God. he gives him the second line of imagine. And then he gives uh-huh. him the, the, you know, then the talk show host is like, I can't imagine that. And then John Lennon's like, it's easy if you try, dick. I'm, I'm like, this is too much. This is like, I will grant you the Watergate thing with Nixon, but you got to take this out. Plus, it's not only too cute, it makes John Lennon look like a massive asshole. <laughs> like, because he, he's kind of making fun and then yeah. do it. It, it doesn't feel sincere. Bit. It feels yeah. not just too cute, but it also feels very fakey, you know? And I'll give him the Elvis Presley thing, too. I kind of liked the dancing, you know? The, the idea that he taught Elvis Presley how to do these moves because of his magic show, show legs. Me, show me that crazy, crazy dance, kid. Did you know who uh, voices Elvis? No. Uncredited. Kurt fucking Russell. <laughs> perfect. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. What is I, it? What I is found you, that 3,000 miles to Graceland? Is that the. <laughs> I, I actually found or no. Yeah, he was in like an Elvis. He is like with Kevin Elvis. Costner. Yeah, they're impersonators. Yeah, yeah. They do the flying Elvis shit and stuff, right? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it, but. Uh, um. But yeah, I actually found that out and I actually had to rewind the movie to see because, yeah, it's recognizably Kurt Russell doing an Elvis. But like, that's a fun <laughs> completely yeah, uncredited too. the thing. The other thing that struck me in watching this is the running montage. That's like a triumphal note in the movie. But like watching it now, no one I know about mental health or whatever. Like, it's kind of sad because he is. I don't know if it's maladaptive or not, but he's he's literally running from his 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 troubles and his grief. And yeah. Yeah, he says he puts the past behind, but I don't even know what that means in this context. Um, and also for you, Ginny haters, I will say that, like, I remember clearly how engaged and grossed I was when, you know, him and Ginny have that little renaissance and they go, mm-hmm. you know, as it seems like they're going to make it. And then she just like they're, they, they have the scene where they have sex and then he cut to the next morning and she's walking to a taxi cab. I remember fucking gasping mm. at the audacity. Yeah of this uh of that when i first saw it, like how fucking brutal and but i noticed this time like when the um the taxi driver is like hey what are you running from she's like i'm not running i i think she means that she's trying to do what's best for forest she is and it all makes sense to me once you know the movie catches up with itself on the park bench and he goes to visit her and and see uh, his child, Little Forest, it all mm-hmm. starts to make sense. She she tells Forrest, like, I was so messed up because I had questions like, why won't Jenny marry him? It doesn't seem like this is a bad thing for either of them. They both kind of want it. But she explains it as she was so messed up. She didn't feel mm-hmm. a that she was worthy of love and th- especially the Point type of period. unconditional love that Forrest yep. is showing her. And B, she doesn't want to have Forrest tied to what she views as a very flawed person herself. Um, so it's kind of like a selfless thing she's also doing, even though it might hurt Forrest in the moment. For the long run, she thinks that's a better option for him. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about that, but I do understand her reasoning in that moment. 
Well, I try to think of what it would look like for for Forrest and Jeannie to have been together through the majority of this movie. And I keep thinking about like how dangerous things felt with Lieutenant Dan, like he was in his New York and things are drunk and like Forrest could like end up in a dead in a fucking alley hanging mm-hmm. out with, with Lieutenant Dan because he's not street smart. No. Um, and like I'm thinking the same thing of uh, like what would have been like for Forrest to hang around the protest culture of the 60s and the drug stuff. And it's like it probably wouldn't have been good. So it's not only does she just feel absolutely unworthy of love. And even, you know, when she says you don't know what love is, she could just as easily be talking about herself. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I felt like she was trying to protect Forrest in that moment because she just wasn't ready. She still hated herself enough that she knew that this was going to be something that that expl- she saw some demons to work out, I guess. And I think when she says I'm not running, she means that she's going to face those demons, right? She's going exactly to get her shit together f- for real this time, you know, not yeah. follow some some leaf floating on the wind that turns out to be a heroin needle or whatever. Right. This time. Right. And she goes out and she does that, right? She goes to Savannah. Is it Savannah, Georgia? And, and kind of creates a life for herself. Oh, yeah. Of. I guess that's where this the square is. I'm not sure if that's literally supposed to be. In, but, but yeah. 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 Um, and like I said, the the last 15 minutes of this or this film are just such an emotionally uh, charged payload to deliver because you've got these, you know, they get married and that's sweet. And he meets his son, which is fucking Haley Joel Osment. And <laughs> yeah. he's so good and he's so sweet and he's so great at playing. And they, they do a lot of things. Cause I, I, I saw a, cu- a couple cynical takes that like Ginny got a love baby and then saddled Forrest with it. And I'm like, I think the movie's pretty clear that this is Forrest's kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know why Forrest is limited, whether it's genetic or whether it's like, he got knocked in the head as a kid or whatever. But like, I think it's pretty shitty to say a guy like Forrest can't have a normal child. And the way they do, like the fact that their body language is the same, like when they watch, sit down to watch cartoons or like when they're fishing and they both cock their head in the same way. I don't, I completely reject a theory that Ginny, you know, just gave him some random love child, like some fucking cuckoo and said, raise, raise this, other, raise this bastard child for me. I yeah. don't think that's what the movie is trying to say. That's a little, no, you have to hate Jenny from the get-go to think that in this movie yeah to think that you she would to, lie to him i don't i don't know where you get the idea that she would lie to forrest because she hasn't she doesn't, done it. I, i'm not saying she doesn't do things to hurt forrest for sure she mm-hmm. does uh make some it hurts him so bad he runs for four fucking years and yeah. as a person who's run a bit in my life it's not fun um <laughs> but it's not like the thing is the things she's doing to herself are worse and she's paying the price as she, she's paying the tab as it goes Mm-hmm. Um, but like that last, like I just the, the transitions that they get on some of these movies, uh, in, in this movie, like um, the the break of rain instantly going into the vicious battle, uh, Ginny laying in bed and Forrest is talking this beautiful moment about all the times he thought about her while he's running and you know in Vietnam how it could be beautiful and the mountain lakes and the desert sunrises and then out of nowhere you fuck you died on a Saturday morning. And then ever like I can't handle like I can't handle everything that happens from that from from you died on a Saturday morning until a young Forrest gets on the fucking bus because it's just too sad and too sweet. Um, yeah, the problem I, I with can't. that died on a Saturday morning thing. 
uh is apparently the date on the tombstone is not a saturday it's like a oh, wednesday Zemeckis. or some shit yeah zemeckis crack a farmer's almanac man right? come on right uh disappointing sucks well maybe force <laughs> forgot to update his calendar you know little details he, is, he struggles with that kind of stuff sure uh, um, this movie also has an excellent soundtrack uh oh and, my and god a, a amazing amount of like incredibly popular music like it has four or five door songs in it and three of them are like jammed into 20 seconds as a back-to-back montage thing yeah i was they spent some money on this movie they spent like 55 million dollars on a movie that essentially like has a big scene right yeah uh yeah. maybe two of the shrimp boat stuff is is pretty big but the rest they of it is it just all locally shots. that that made that that definitely because I, I thought i was like man they went to vietnam or something like that that's but but yeah that helps. um they did spend them. And also, did you know that Tom Hanks uh, did this movie for zero money? Right. That's the other big uh, budget boost, right? He did it on points alone and yeah, made which, some money. Yeah. I think he pocketed $20 million for the picture, which is probably more than they would have paid him outright. And the God knows what it's up to now because like Forrest Gump has not become right. less popular. Although I will say that it has, honestly. I feel like po- mm-hmm. Forrest Gump has kind of dropped off the, pu- the popular consciousness. Yeah, they re-released this like, movie a few times, and it didn't make much in the theaters when they re-released it. It's weird because, like, Pulp Fiction, and especially, uh, I feel like uh, um, Shawshank Redemption is something that everyone discovers is like, oh my god, this fucking movie. Um, yeah. But Forrest Gump seems to be diminishing, and maybe it is like you had to see it at a particular time to where before like you get too cynical or something so you can still remember what it felt like because like yeah i don't know how, how i'd feel if i watched this movie for the first time um now because i i clearly remember how experience. i felt it and you know i was a much mm-hmm. more conservative person the first time i saw this too um what else do we want to talk about here uh there's really like two more things that i want to talk about first right, of there's all, one big topic the oscars Oh, okay. Well, I got two other things. Uh, first of all, okay. I have to say there is nothing more enjoyable in life than when Tom Hanks screams as loud as he can in his stupid, goofy voice. Because Tom Hanks has a kind of goofy voice. Like he does. Th- there's yeah. some element to it that's always a little funny. And yeah, when he yeah, screams, yeah. "I gotta find Baba," it's like uh-huh. the, the way that his voice says those words is so uh-huh. funny to me. I just love Something it. Something bit me. I, we just busted that out last week because uh, we got we got stung by hornets in Beaver Island, and we were, oh. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And then the, the way he screams, I think you should go back to Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> it's it is funny. It's it's pretty hilarious. I love it. It's so endearing. Also, um, I love the uh, the first impression of the Lieutenant Dan, um, where he's you know, the boys was like, uh, "You guys are from Alabama," and and uh, he surmises some stuff, and then he goes like, "Anyway, uh, Arkansas, huh? Well, Little Rock's a fine town." Like he didn't listen <laughs> right. to these guys at all. Nothing, just everything went over his head. I thought that was really funny. Uh, and then the last bit of like trivia I have: the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Is a real thing in real life. And people probably know this. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't realize that this was essentially whole cloth created by Paramount Pictures two years after this movie came out. It's a theme concept restaurant. Yeah. They they approached some other restaurant conglomerate or whatever or company and said, Hey, come up with a pitch for Bubba Gum Shrimp Company. 
And they did. And over the course of two years, they rolled it out and it's now like a national chain. I'm kind of, am I surprised? Am I surprised at anything that happens in America? Yeah. Why does that surprise you? I, I don't know. Cause I just it like happen more often. It, maybe their food is really good. I don't know. I've never been to one. Do people go to restaurants simply because of, like, do people return to hard rock cafe after they've been to a hard rock cafe? That's a good question because Hard Rock Cafe is kind of shitty. It's just uh, a, a lot of these concepts like, like that's Planet all Hollywood. They did like I think maybe Bubba Gump is the one that survived because I've still seen there was one in Vegas last time I was uh, there. I, I've seen I've seen huh. them. I've actually been to Bubba Gump. It was nothing yeah. special to write home about. Right? It's very. Yeah, I'd yeah. probably rather go to a Crab Joe's Crab Shack. I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, that's the thing. Like in the, 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 the casual thing. seafood dining, you've got Red Lobster, Joe's Crab Shack, and Bubba Gump. Like they're all, yeah, all kind of bad. Long John Silver's for fast food Long, seafood. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised this happened because I was while you're talking about this, I'm thinking like, yeah, Pixar could have done a Pizza Planet. You know, sure, Toy like, Story just, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one other random thought I had looking at my notes is like they did a really good job of casting kid Forrest Gump. That's a tough yeah. role for a kid to play, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he cra- crushes it like some of the things he does so good, like uh, making fun of the principal, fucking his mom, uh, yeah. the slow mo, like the his dawning realization that he's fast as the like the leg braces are kicking off of him, the I way the kid promotes that. Yeah. It's so fucking good. He is so him and the young Jenny both are carrying a lot of the fucking movie weight. And I feel like these aren't mentioned as some of the all time great child performances. I don't think either one of these went on and did much of anything, but yeah, yeah it's like young Forrest doesn't have a lot of lines. So maybe that's why could be. He's just kind of meant uh, to sit there, but, but he does. He emotes really, really well. Yeah. And like I said, does some things like, I think this is a hard, this is a hard nuanced thing to do. I mean, it, I guess like the first three days of footage they had to throw away because Tom Hanks was so bad struggling with the accent, struggling with the cadence, struggling with the mannerisms. And they just essentially like after it clicked and Zemeckis is like, let's just let's just not use any of these first three days because it's such a so like, yeah, that's that's a that's Hmm. a hard role for two kids to play. And they did a great job. Let's talk about Oscar history. Uh, Okay, was this like the 67th Oscars? Um um, but the, the big, the, the big controversy is 1994 Forrest Gump went, went against Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. and cleaned up. Um, and a lot of people since the text one, of the big snubs, like how the hell does pop, how does this pop manufactured pop culture bullshit beat these wildly original. And, and I, I guess I, I don't know. I think pop, like whether you like, um, Pulp Fiction or 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 Pulp or Forrest Gump is a little bit like, do you like savory or sweet? Do you like salty? Yeah, um, very or, different movies. They're very different movies, but I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to the um, the Shawshank Redemption because there's a lot mm-hmm. of the, the, that movie has the same amount of heart, if not more. It's a much more adult story. It's much more, you know, tells unflinching things about society and whatnot. I think it's a, a I think it's a clearly better film. I don't know if I can say the same about Pulp Fiction versus Forrest Gump. I might think, and, and it's, they're they're both kind of equally fun in their way too. Um, but Pulp Fiction doesn't have the heart, nearly the heart that Forrest Gump's got. No, God, it's not meant to. Um, 
Yeah, I guess if I were to pick Forrest Gump for Shawshank, I probably pick Shawshank because they are, like you said, similar. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one because uh, of all those, it's very easy in retrospect to look back and say, "Hey, Pulp Fiction is like d- d- definitive movie here." This mm-hmm. this is like a milestone in movie making. Whereas Shawshank and Forrest Gump, I don't think are. I, I think like they're a very specific thing and you know, they do it exceptionally well, but they didn't change filmmaking, whereas I feel like Quentin Tarantino did in a lot of ways with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and like I, I was going down some of the I mean I, I was going down some of the individual awards and achievements too, and some of these are questionable too, like best adapted screenplay uh forrest gump were essentially just taking the core idea of grooms uh forrest gump and just completely changing it versus the shawshank redemption adapted by uh, from stephen king's rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption i don't know man like that's such a perfect adaptation that uh, it seems weird that you just take the central character and the concept and throw everything else out and that's the best adapted screenplay but something that takes very difficult material and just expertly uh, translates it to film that didn't get it. That, that, that one is the one that I think is like, Oh God, it Shawshank got fucking ripped, ripped off there, but it's hard not to give some the direct. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, Quentin I was going to say like, we do this in the Baldies a lot where we go back through after we've done all the uh, debating and we mm-hmm. look at the categories that came before the last ones we debate. Cause the last one tends to be like the biggest one, right? The best movie, best, uh, TV show, whatever. Um, And you go back and you look at all the other awards you just gave out and you say, does that stand up to what we just did in the bigger category? Like Mm. once you give Forrest Gump the best picture of the year. Yeah, it's hard not to then go back and say, well, it also has to be the best adaptation, right? Yeah. If this is the definitive number one thing that happened this year in cinema, how can we say it's not also the best of every category? that is nominating quality of an overall thing. <laughs> I, but I think that's us also a little bit. I agree. I mean, you know, we're stupid podcasts. I'm not saying stuff, they made the right or wrong call. I'm just saying yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. idea, right? The, yeah, the thing that yeah. goes through your head. I think you're, you're right, but especially the adapted screenplay, because it's just like, it's so different. Like, I don't think the strength of Forrest Gump is it's, you know, the, the, the adapted source material. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, Shawshank Redemption is almost a, uh, you know, a direct, a direct adaptation of it. Um, and I, I don't know. There, there's a couple others. Uh, I was shocked that like, I forgot that Ed Wood came out in 94 too. I was like, I was like uh, Martin yeah. Lando as Bella Lugosi jumped out at the, at the winners too. That's a movie I would love to do as a prestige film one of these days. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And like the, spe- the special effects was a little bit of an eyebrow, uh, eye raising it's funny that some of these categories when i had like like best sound effects editing speed clear and present danger and forrest gump yeah there's only three films with good sound effects editing that year what the <laughs> what hell was the industry doing man yeah mate there's only three movies that had great makeup ed wood forrest gump and mary shelley's frankenstein mm-hmm. really really okay sandra right. bullock's makeup and speed shit dog shit it's terrible mm. <laughs> i don't know uh, if that's true but that's what the academy's saying <laughs> um yeah i don't know i like i said this was i think there's others like um i forget the year the goodfellas came out um and what actually won 
It's like 90, um, right? Yeah, something like that. But there's there's a couple. And this is one of the classic ones. And now that I went back and saw it, because this is something I think we've been talking about this all of Bald Move history. Like, you know, the fact that, pulp, pulp, you know, Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction or Pulp Fiction at the at the Academy Awards. Now that I've seen him and I've seen him all recently. Um, I, like I said, it's it's a it's a lot harder call. Now, I know there's probably people mm-hmm. screaming that like this is. Re- but if, if you're in the like, you know, that that range of people that thinks Forrest Gump is just shit you know, like poorly aged pop culture stuff, then yeah, clearly um, Pulp Fiction, that movie will be timeless forever. You know, yeah, um, Shawshank Redemption, period piece, timeless forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Forrest Gump because again, 25, 27 years on, the results are kind of like mixed that like it just doesn't seem like it had the staying power that some of these other films did. For sure. So yeah, it's easy to sit here in 2021 and judge these things, but back then, it's a little harder. Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Is there, we were, have we mined? Are we at the bottom, scraping the bottom of the, the gump barrel? I think so, man. I think so. <laughs> if you ever see a barrel of gump, don't open it. Don't open it. It's probably just bad product from Bubba Gump Shrimp Products, <laughs> their shrimp company. Um, anyway, um, We'll have to one of these days we'll have to do dances with wolves and debate whether it's a better picture than than the Goodfellas, because uh, I think that's a better that's this is more of a, this. This is something that probably would age even less well than than Forrest Gump versus Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to watch three and a half hour. Ugh, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner, schmaltzy, you know, Western uh, Native American picture. Blast. And I've only seen it once and I was a little I was a kid when I did it. So we'll see. But anyway, that's that's Forrest Gump. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, and you're are, are like around our age at least. It's a great time. Um, even I think imagine there's a lot of stuff for for younger people that, that don't you know because I didn't live through any of this history. This movie stops at about the time I started paying attention, but I still like uh, it's it's a good time. It's got a lot of heart. Great performance by Tom Hanks. One of the defining performances of his career. And, and there solid, are a lot. solid work by Gary Sinise, mm-hmm. Michael T. Williams, Robin Wright. Uh, like I said, even Sally Fields, a person I think tends to overdo it a lot, is you know it, you, it's saying something. If I if I see a mother role and I got nothing to criticize about it, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> with an actor that I don't really like. So, well, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed our kind of nostalgic look back at uh, Forrest Gump here. We'll be back real soon with another prestige film to talk about here in bald move prestige until that time comes i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya